Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Change will not come if we wait for some other person. Or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. about the same as it would cost for about 
Hold on one second. I can't hear myself. Change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Afterburner. I'm Bill Whittle. Common Core is the name of a program being pushed hard now by the genetically defective control freaks that have always lurked around the edges of and now have fully infested what was once the freest, least intrusive capital city of any major nation in the world, namely Washington, D.C. Hey, parenthetically, every time I visit that wretched hive of scum and villainy now, I become more and more saddened that we named it after one of perhaps two or three men in all of human history who voluntarily walked away from concentrated power. If we'd had any understanding of human nature at all, we should have called this nation's capital Arnoldville. There's been a fair amount of heavy breathing from those of us on the right as we run a fine-tooth comb through the particulars of Common Core, but it's not the particulars that are the problem. The problem is the entire idea. One massive totalitarian federal education standard that will be applied to every schoolhouse in the country. It's the concentration of power in an age of dispersing power. And like other doomed, massive, slow, pea-brained creatures, progressives and politicians just love it. And they're so busy staring down and wonder at it that they fail to see the glowing light in the sky behind them, which is the reality of the information age entering the atmosphere to blow them to smithereens and leave only the small, the smart, the decentralized, and the agile. Common Core is Obamacare for education. If you like your current teacher, you can keep your current teacher. Sure you can. And like Obamacare, with Common Core, all of the faults get incorporated into a single point of failure, and then that point fails. But you can always call the toll-free number 1-800-I'M-SHOCKED, which will play a recording directing you back to the Common Core website, which will direct you to call 1-800-I'M-SHOCKED. One thing is for certain, there's no stopping them. Common Core will soon be here. I, for one, welcome our new Department of Education overlords. I'd like to remind them that as a trusted TV personality, I can be helpful in rounding up others to toil in their underground Obamacare phone banks. You know, I once had a chance to sit in on a small group and listen to what was surely the smartest man in Congress, Thad McCotter. That explained how the government, actually any government, is designed to administer the demands of the existing economic structure. In a widely dispersed, decentralized agrarian society that valued independence and mostly wanted to be left alone, well, we had a widely dispersed, decentralized federal authority that valued independence and mostly left people alone. However, as we entered the industrial age, people left the farms and wave after wave of immigrants flooded American cities because that's where the work was, in factories. You didn't have to be terribly well-educated or have a diverse skill set to work in a position on an assembly line that is not to denigrate the honest, hard work of it by any means. But essentially, you had to be shown which nut to tighten, and that was about it. American farmers, on the other hand, had a far wider skill set and tended to be far better read as well. It's a result of their small, decentralized, personalized 
Little Red Schoolhouse Educations. Now, often there was one teacher who had the responsibility to educate the children of an entire town. That meant personal responsibility and also a strong, strong incentive to find excellent teachers, because if you only have one of them, they better be good. The idea of standardized, uniform education, applied indifferently at best and incompetently as usual, was designed to make cookie-cutter workers to fill cookie-cutter positions on cookie-cutter assembly lines. It suited a second-wave industrial-era economy. But Thad concluded that in the information age, where a person can order steel from China from his smartphone over dinner in a restaurant, the information age meant an economy that was small, fast, decentralized, local, networked, innovative, flexible, and constantly evolving due to competitive pressures. And his great conclusion was that once the economy came about, we still have a few toes back in the industrial era, but we are firmly footed in this new information age now. Well, then the government will be forced to become more decentralized because something as massive, fossilized, stupid, and slow as our industrial era federal government simply cannot manage an economy that fast and that agile. And he's right. He's also no longer in office because he's a quick-witted mammal in the final hours of the reign of the dinosaurs. You see, the problem with Common Core is the same as the problem with Obamacare. Lack of competition, lack of innovation, lack of choice, lack of responsibility, lack of corrective evolution, lack of common sense, lack of dignity, accountability, individuality, and virtue. However tame or outrageous you may find the current Common Core curriculum to be at the moment is utterly beside the point. Once every state educational system and local school board is forced to conform to one federal standard, then then the pointy-headed geniuses that gave us the Affordable Care Act website can work their big brain miracles on education. Once Common Core is mandatory, even if fairly bland and innocuous right now, then the indoctrination will begin once it's the law, once it's everywhere, once it's mandatory. What could possibly go wrong? You know, they're like the living dead, these people. They won't even let you run away from them. They want your brains. Well, they obviously need them. Hey, I have an idea. Why not scrap Common Core and abolish the Department of Education completely? If you were to plot Department of Education spending versus American educational results internationally, spending does this, and our test scores do that. The more we spend, the worse we do. So let's call Common Core what it really is. It's the Federal Ministry of Truth. And then let's throw that monstrosity in the same junk pile as our centralized health care monstrosity called Obamacare. Before we get so used to federal authority that the sheriff of Mayberry is replaced with a SWAT team from the United States Police Department. Let's scrap the Department of Education so the kids can get, you know, an education. So, instead of one centralized curriculum written by the same best and brightest that brought you the Affordable Care Act website, stupid.gov, let's imagine 14,000 departments of education, one for each school district in America. Let's imagine that each one of them were trying different approaches. One bad idea didn't ruin the entire country for a generation, and good ideas could be copied and modified and improved even more. Then let's imagine that the roughly $13,000 we spend per student in this country, that's triple what the next closest country spends in order to achieve our 23rd place in international rankings. Let's imagine that that money 
was attached not to the Department of Education or the Los Angeles Unified School District or any of that, but directly to the student. Let's say that parents could direct their kids to any educational outfit they saw fit. Then let's say that other people seeing $13,000 in cold hard cash per precious snowflake per year scrambled to compete with each other in order to see what they would have to do to get that money so they can kill the planet with their private jets. What would that do? That would turn the DMV into Best Buy. People would shop around and they choose what they thought best for their own kids, their individual goals, their needs, and their temperaments, just like in the little red schoolhouse days. Google Bullet County School Test 1912. It's one of a couple of actual tests given to eighth graders back in the era of small, decentralized, individualized, personally responsible education. The people who designed Common Core would still be failing second grade at one of those schools. Now I know this is difficult for progressives to follow. I mean, if people make their own choices on how to spend their own money on health care and education, then how will they get a chance to make us obey them and see how smart they are? And also, where are the opportunities for graft if people can just get up and go somewhere else if they're not happy? And if people buy their own health care and education, how do we get credit for it? These are the people that want Obamacare and Common Core. Good evening and welcome, folks, to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Today's date is, wow, today's date is November 5th. Thanksgiving is just around the corner and I can't wait because this is my favorite time of the year. So, November 5th, 2013, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun, and I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Yeah. The doctors for Ph.D. History, William and Mary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah. All right, so um, <laughs> I see we got some, uh, I see we got A, B, C, A. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me get this right just once. A, A, B, B, C, C is in the house. Yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about... Uh, Let's talk about this tonight. Let's talk about the calling numbers three four seven eight eight four eighty five hundred. Let's let's talk about this just for a few minutes. After after Obama. That's the title of the show is After Obama. What happens after Obama? What's life gonna be like after Obama? First let's talk about the man himself. Let's get it out there and get it out there right now. Barack Obama has gone, yeah, he's gone from the one we've been waiting for to the one we can't wait to kick out of office. His poll numbers as of today have dropped to 39% in Gallup. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Severe. 
All right. Promo kicked in a little too soon. That's what happened there. Sorry about that, folks. All right, so technical difficulties abound. All right, so let's get back on with it. Uh, I got a website up here, um, Fox uh, Fox News website, which uh, does its own little promo here down at the bottom. Anyway, so uh, Obama's poll numbers dropped to 39%. Gallup today. As pundits struggle away to explain his lies. This is on the Fox Nation website, the one you just heard that damn promo from that just kicked on. Got to figure out a way to stop that. But anyway, nevertheless, uh, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good promo. <laughs> That's what happens when you got a bunch of web pages um, up all at once. And for some reason, a lot of the web pages, even BTR, tend to just throw a promo up in there, and just that's I guess that's how they do it. So um, that's what we have going on here. Obama has gone from being the one we've been waiting for to the one we can't wait to get rid of. So what's that all about? Well, let's talk about it tonight. He's gone from the one we've been waiting for to the one we want to get rid of. No one ever thought one man could bring the nation to its knees. No one ever thought that. You know, when we were talking about, uh, you know, the election, the, the first Obama election, when he first came onto the scene and how he said that he, he wanted to fundamentally transform the United States of America. Remember when he said that? Well, uh, his detractors were saying, well, you know what? Presidents come and go, but very few of them actually make a substantial difference in how the country is run overall. Yeah, and that's true, and how the country is being run. Now, they make differences in social programs and those sort of things, and they, they enact those things. Uh, uh, you know, the great uh, – you know, the, the uh, LBJ had his thing going on, and FDR. And, and yeah, the, very few presidents have done so. So there was no real concern as to whether or not Obama would actually – uh, be able to fulfill his fundamental uh, change uh, 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 wish or desire. But the president has brought us to our knees. He's brought this country to the knee, to our knees. No one ever thought that this would happen. But here he is, living in the White House, and on our knees we have been praying for the day when he leaves. The audacity of a president hell-bent on destroying our great nation has truly been a stunning spectacle to observe. No lie is too ridiculous to tell for, by this guy about anyone who opposes him. With a compliant media behind him, for example, uh, the New York Times, who explained away Obama's 28, 29, 30 announces that if you like your health care, you can keep it, period. He has, he, he's on record saying this more than 30-some-odd times. And the New York Times has said in an op-ed piece that uh, on Sunday that Obama clearly, what? No, no, no. And I quote, Obama clearly misspoke, end quote. He clearly misspoke. Come on. Can you be any more in the tank for this guy? Is it, is it even possible no, it's not. 
it's not possible to be any more in the tank for this guy. The societal tensions Obama promised to ease have only worsened by his politics. The politics of envy, the racial healing he promised has fallen flat, leaving only a worse divide. Despite overwhelming opposition, he forced a health plan on the people that few want. He has trampled on the Constitution and infringed on powers granted by Congress. He has bailed out auto companies, investment bankers, and insurance companies. He's given constitutional rights to terrorists. Obama's greatest transgression, however, has been the exploitation of government spending to the point where we are enslaved to a mountain of debt that can never, ever be repaid. He's given us $1.6 trillion deficits and will have added more than $6 trillion to the debt by the end of his term. He's raised the percentage of the GDP consumed by government to 25%, and all of his spending has stimulated absolutely nothing. Nothing, folks. Nada. Zilch. Niet. If you believe what the government reports... Total unemployment is currently at 15.2% as measured by U6. During Obama's tenure, true unemployment has been running greater than 20% and is near Depression-era levels. In some, Obama's presidency has hastened a financial disaster upon this nation. Obama calls his policies transformational. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Quote, transformational, end quote. In an earlier age, they would have been considered something akin to treason. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I do not say that lightly. Our enemies could not have planted someone to have caused more damage. Or maybe they already have. Maybe they have. Maybe that's the whole point. And now, with financial collapse on the horizon, our very way of life is being threatened here in the United States, in this country, by our own president. Although Barack Obama will probably go down in history as the worst president of all time, until now, until now, historians like myself have long given that dubious distinction to, no, not Jimmy Carter, but to James Buchanan who left office to Abraham Lincoln as the nation was falling apart and headed towards civil war. It is no exaggeration to say that the, ninth, that the 2012 election in every bit as it, is every bit as important, or was every bit as important as the 1860 election. James Buchanan at least had good intentions. The same cannot be said for Barack Obama. His intent is not to build up, but only to tear down this nation and then to cover his tracks. There is no other way to explain his actions. None, mind you. None. Now, millions of Americans, however, have finally had enough. A counter-revolution is rising to the level of rarely seen in this great nation's history. There hasn't been this intensity for grassroots activity since the 
the abolitionist movement in 1850s, people are making themselves visible in the community. They're organizing rallies, call-in campaigns. The Tea Party itself sprung from this type of uh, tyranny that we're being placed under under this administration. They are studying the Constitution, and they will not be silenced by charges of racism or any other falsehood uttered by the left. If you're a white person and you disagree with Obama's policies, then you are a racist. If you're black like me and you disagree with Obama's policies, then, well, that makes you an Oreo or a sellout or you just don't know your history. How many times have I been told by a person with the same skin color as me? When I oppose Obama's policies, quite frankly, I just don't like the man. And I can actually say that I met him. We're both from Chicago. And I grew up on the South Side, so I spent a lot of time there. I met the guy. I shook his limp-wristed hand. Yeah, I have to admit that I did. But when I tell other black folks that I disagree with Obama's policies and I don't like the man, and I think it's time for him to go one way or the other, my goodness, the outrage is total. It's complete. I have lost friends that I have been close to for more than 20 years, folks. 20 years. Because I oppose Mr. Obama and his administration to the, uh, to, in totality. Family members refuse to speak with me. Even though a lot of them are unemployed as a result of Obama's policies. But he can do no wrong. The black community's uh, unemployment rate hovers to Depression-era levels under a black president as a result of his policies. But, hey, it's it's not his fault. Black folks, they blame, guess who? Yeah, they blame Georgie. Let's look forward to a time when Obama leaves office and he's gone. And he sails off back to Chicago or Mars or wherever the hell he's from. He's gone. And a new president is sworn in. Collective relief will be felt across the land and, hey, maybe even across across the oceans. But the long and hard road to recovery will have only just begun. Whether America avoids financial collapse will be uncertain for years to come. For a government that borrows 36 cents of every dollar it spends, the math is simple. We will need real cuts to the federal budget near 36% to survive. Now, factor in modest economic growth, and perhaps the cuts could be 30%, but failure to make real cuts on this scale, well, they risk runaway inflation and disaster. Any way you look at it, people, pain will be deep and it will be real. And I wonder if the new president, hopefully a Republican, a conservative president, will blame his predecessor, Barack Hussein Obama. When Medicare has to be cut, 
when welfare programs will be forced to be cut, when we may even be forced, thank God, to eliminate some needless cabinet posts after Obama, who will bear the brunt of the blame? Will the new president blame Barack Obama for the mess that he has made? Or will our new, perhaps Republican president, say, take the high road and say, I'm in charge. I'm running the show right now. The buck stops here. Will the new president say that the buck stops with him? After Obama, folks, what do we do after Obama? For true hope and true change, perhaps we should try returning to a limited constitutional government where we all need to be involved. Whether or not we can turn around the, the disaster Barack Obama has forced it upon us, hinges first on removing him from office. He's got to go. He's got to go either by impeachment or we ride out the rest of his term and bottleneck anything else he wants to do. And I'm speaking to you, Congress. Now is the time to go about the work of doing just that. Buckle up. Because we're in for a rough three years. A rough three years. When dude can lie his ass off and get away with it and then try to explain it away. And you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about Obamacare. I'm talking about Obamacare. Where he said, if you like your coverage, you can keep it. If you like your coverage, folks, you can keep it. You can keep it. So first we're going to take a short break. And then we're going to go through the, if you like your coverages, you can keep it. What I've always said is, if you like your coverage, you can keep it. What we've said is, (laughs) and dude... I tell you what, dude's saying this stuff with a straight face, and absolutely nobody's buying it. Democrats, Republicans, nobody's falling for this crap. Obama said, if you like your coverage, you can keep it. Period. But that's not really what he meant. No. No, 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 no. And he's trying to explain it away. And it's just not it's just not it's just not working. So we're gonna go ahead and take a short break. We're gonna go through the if you like your plan, you can keep it. And then we've got some calls on the line. We'll take a couple of calls and uh and then we'll wrap this thing up. <laughs> Oh man, life is 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 amazing. This is this it's amazing. We'll be right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Respect. Report. They gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. 
He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes and they will stop because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want precedent? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. <laughs> I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. <laughs> They gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes, and they will stop, because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want precedent? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. <laughs> I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. <laughs> Now, the other news that people have focused on lately has to do with notices that some Americans have gotten from their insurance companies suggesting that because of the Affordable Care Act, they may be losing the plan that they bought. Now, while virtually every insurer is offering new, better plans and competing for these folks' business, I realize that can be scary for people if they just get some notice like that. Now, if you have or had one of these plans before the Affordable Care Act came into law. And you really liked that plan. What we said was you could keep it if it hasn't changed since the laws passed. So we wrote into the Affordable Care Act, you're grandfathered in on that plan. But if the insurance company changes it, then what we're saying is they've got to change it to a higher standard. They've got to make it better. They've got to improve the quality of the plan that they're selling. And that's part of the promise that we made, too. That's why we went out of our way to make sure that the law allowed for grandfathering, but if we had allowed these old plans to be downgraded or, or sold to new enrollees once the law had already passed, then we would have broken an even more important promise, making sure that Americans gain access to health care that doesn't leave them one illness away from financial ruin. So the bottom line is, is that we are making the insurance market better for everybody. We will keep this promise to the American people. If you like your doctor, 
you will be able to keep your doctor, period. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan, period. First of all, if you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. Nobody is talking about taking that away from you. No matter what you've heard, if you like your doctor or health care plan, you can keep it. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan, period. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. Let me, let me repeat this. Nothing in our plan requires you to change what you have. Our approach would preserve the right of Americans who have insurance to keep their doctor in their plan. belies the fact that there have been website disasters in private uh, industry as well. So let, let's, let's, uh, David, none of let's spend let, $800 million building a website. Let's, let's push that uh, aside. You talk about transparency. This is the first time in history that you can make an apples-to-apples -apples comparison about health care uh, plans, uh, you know, online in front of you. Except uh, with your old plan, because it's no, you're no longer eligible to buy your own plan, which was the number one promise the, the president made to the American people. You are. You most cannot people, get what most, you have. Most people are going to keep their own plan, Senator, and you know that. That's not there true. There were some plans. There were some plans. Uh, there was a, the, the, the head of Blue Cross uh, in Florida was on television yesterday. He said there's a small number of people in his state who are going to be uh, transferred to plans that have a, a, a higher uh, quality, uh, and they will. They, most of them will be subsidized and will end up paying less for those. For those plans, so let's and not double play games. Right? People are not going to. The majority of people in this country, the vast majority of people in this country, are keeping their plan. People who are uninsured are going to have choices they never had before. And as for government, I mean, and, and, and they're of private carriers. Their insurance is not going to be with the government. Their insurance is going to be with private carriers. So let's be straight about that. Now, in terms of the government getting involved in health care, uh, enough. Enough of the lies. We're back, folks, with a C. Robert Jones situation report with me, your doctor, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Look, this whole thing is blown up in this administration's face. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible mess for them. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it. These guys have no idea what the hell is going on. Government is not built to do this kind of thing. And why would anybody sit in front of their computer, their laptop, their tablet, and type in their personal information to a government website? How insane is that? You're just asking for trouble if you're going to sit in front of your computer and type in all of your personal information and that of your families, especially when it comes to their health, 
to the United States government, especially at this time with this administration. Now, let's look forward because the show is all about after Obama. After Obama. We can imagine what lies ahead in 2017. No matter the results of either the 2014 midterm elections or the 2016 presidential contest of which Hillary Clinton is now actively pursuing. There'll be no more $1 trillion deficits. About $10 trillion will have been added to the national debt during Obama's administration on top of the more than $4 trillion from the eight years of George W. Bush. That staggering sum will force the next president to be a deficit hawk, both fiscally and politically. It's not going to matter. A good friend of mine who has a radio show and a website called The Black Sphere, he indicated that America will self-correct. And I could not agree more. Because in addition, there will be no huge new federal spending programs, no third or fourth stimulus, no vast new entitlements. The debt is so large, my folks. And voters are so tired of massive borrowing that the next president will talk not of investments, but of balancing the budget. Yeah, balancing the budget. In 2017, President Hillary Clinton or President Marco Rubio will tell us that cutting spending and living within our means is the new cool. This is a prediction for after Obama. If eight years of borrowing, printing, spending, and lending vast sums of money at zero interest did not lead to economic recovery, then the antithesis of all that will be the explicit platform of the Republicans and the implicit ones of the Democrats. Obamacare may remain in name. It may. But in fact, most of its provisions will be discarded or amended. Its full implementation next year will result in almost everything that was not supposed to happen. Higher health care premiums, rationed care, scarcer doctors, and fewer jobs. Obamacare will mostly go the way of the Defense of Marriage Act, officially the law of the land, but its enforcement simply ignored by the powers that be after Obama. Despite an increase in carbon emissions since 2000, the planet did not heat up in the last 15 years. Scientists will continue to argue over global warming, but politicians will not talk much more of implementing costly cap-and-trade policies. They'll still praise green energy as the way of the future, as they should, but they will not continue the massive subsidies. Mm -mm. Instead, Expect a renewal of federal, of, of, of federal oil and natural gas leases on public lands. There's too much newly discovered recoverable energy on federal property co- to continue to delay its full production. And too much of an upside in cheaper gas at the pumps. More independence from Middle East uh, aristocracies. More jobs, more money, and more economic growth. 
Do not expect the same level of increases in disabilities, unemployment insurances, and food stamps. The the trajectories of all those programs since 2009 are simply not sustainable. For all the talk that Social Security and Medicare are not in bad shape, no, 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 no. Democrats and Republicans after Obama will be forced to save both programs by either upping the eligibility age, curbing some benefits, or hiking payroll taxes, or all that and more. Folks, after Obama, after Obama, the next president will jettison the sort of class warfare that has led only to short-term political gain and long-term polarization. Obama's fat cats and one percenters will disappear from the presidential vocabulary. We'll hear no more accusations that the successful really did not build their own businesses or that they should have known when it was time not to profit because they had made quite enough money. That's just the opposite, folks. A Bill Clinton-like smoozing of small businesses, asking them to please start buying, hiring, and expanding again. Bill Clinton, for all his shenanigans, was the master of such things. Which is why he labeled Obama the incompetent one. Aside from the partisan furor over whether Obama's policies have worked, Democrats will say that things would have been worse without them. Republicans will insist that a natural recovery was turned into long-term doldrums. We will not see them continue. By the way, the call in number is 347-884-8500. We've got just about 15 minutes left if you'd like to chime in on what will happen after Obama. I know for some of you, it's hard. It's hard to imagine what we're going to do after Obama. And I've been asked the question, will there be another black president after Obama? And if so, who is on the horizon during my time? I'm 51 years old. I'll be 52 in a couple of months. I've got a good 30 years left, I believe. Will there be another black president in my lifetime? Hmm. And who? Who's on the horizon? It's my prediction that, yes, indeed, there will be another black president during my lifetime. But it's also my prediction that he will be a conservative You see, this country, as in life, goes in cycles. Remember when bell-bottoms were in vogue back in the 60s and, and even the early 70s? And remember when they came back? Remember when tie-dyed shirts, tie-dyed t-shirts, they came back, didn't they? And now they're gone again. Still worn in some circles. Life goes in cycles and this country does as well. 
What we're going to see is a backlash against the Democrats coming up in 2014 as a result of Obama's policies and especially as a result of Obamacare. I predict that we'll have many more Republican House representatives and we may even get one or two in the Senate. I predict that as a result of Obama's careful mismanagement of our government, we're going to see a conservative Republican president, a true conservative, not a Mitt Romney, not a John McCain, not those same old recycled folks. We're going to see a Ryan or a Rubio or maybe even a Rand Paul. Because America will have gotten just as fed up with Barack Obama as Americans were fed up with Jimmy Carter and, yes, my main man, W. So what we're going to see is a serious, super conservative guy come into office and clean house. And by clean house, I'm talking limited government. I'm talking cutting these social programs and all the rest. Oh, and while we're at it, while we have just a few minutes left in the show, let's talk a couple of minutes about Obama's pledge to raise the minimum wage to $10 or $9, I believe. What's not understood about such things, and, and, and this speaks to Obama's naivete and his lack of experience in the workplace if I have six employees and I'm paying them $8 an hour each or 850 and I'm asked to and I'm forced to raise the minimum wage to $10 then that money's coming out of my profits and I'm not having that because my children were eating steak and lobster and now they're going to be eating Kraft macaroni and cheese and hamburger meat on, on slices of bread, Wonder Bread. We, we can't do that. So somebody's going to get fired. I may drop one person, maybe two. That's how that works. You see, because like many small business people, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to say, I'm going to go ahead and raise the minimum wage and keep all my employees, even though it's going to cut into my own personal profits because I'm doing it for the greater good. I'm employing someone. I'm making sure that somebody has food on their table, even if it costs me. No, I'm not that kind of guy. I employ people because they do work for me that helps me to increase my profit. I make a ton of money. They make whatever it is I pay them that they feel, you know, that we feel is fair, and that's how it works. And if they want to make more money, there's either employers out there who may be willing to pay more, or they can start their own businesses. But I am not in the business of charity. Most small business people are having a hard time making ends meet as it is. Not every small business owner, every dry cleaner, or every small restaurant owner 
are they're not rich people. They're simply making a living being their own boss and barely eking out uh, uh, $30,000, $40,000 a year on, out, of, out of their own profits. And a lot of you already know this. But Obama's pledges are destructive because he's naive. He has no idea what the hell, he, what the hell is going on. And that's his problem. After Obama, folks, after Obama, that's where our heads should be right now. What we're going to do after Obama. We're in a lot of trouble. Obama's credibility is shot. He's got three years left on his tenure. There's a lot of damage he can do in those three years, but I got a feeling that he's hit a brick wall. He's no longer the Teflon president anymore. He can't get away with lying, outright lying. He can't, he can't, he can't explain this one away. He's trying. Bless his heart. He's out there, and he's trying to explain this one. The guy's a charlatan. He's an emperor with no clothes. He's buck naked. He's a Wizard of Oz. What are you going to do? Believe me or your lying eyes or ears? That's what this guy is all about. Because Monday he told supporters... <laughs> that what he told people all along, and I quote, so we wrote into the, the Affordable Care Act, if you're grandfathered in on that plan, but if the insurance company changes it, then what we're saying is they've got to change it to a higher standard. They've got to make it better. They've got to improve the quality of the plan they're selling you. Obama said at the Organized Action event Monday that part of the promise we've made to that why we went out of our way to make sure that the law allowed for grandfathering, that's not happening. So what do we got here? It's not happening the way this guy's saying it's supposed to happen. He, he's, he's caught. He's busted. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? That's the problem. Well, we've come to the to the end of our our show tonight. Congress is worthless. Yeah. Cal Living is in the house. Cal Living says that uh it's the redistribution of wealth. Now employees think they deserve profits too. Yeah. Yeah. And in some companies, there's profit sharing. I mean, yeah. And, and, and it empowers employees. But that's mostly for larger corporations, not small businesses. And small businesses, as we know, are the backbone of the, this great economy. And I remember... I'm so old that I remember when the minimum wage was $2.25. Oh, yeah. And boy, I don't know the political ramifications of the minimum wage going up to 
what what came next, 335. But quite frankly, 335 is the last minimum wage I remember because I became a Marine in 1979 and I never had to concern myself with what the minimum wage was until only I mean, quite frankly, can I be honest with you all right now just before we leave the show? I've been a Marine and working for the government for so many years, all of my adult life, I never even held a civilian job. That I don't even know what the minimum wage is now. But I do know that Obama wants to increase it to either 9 or $10. <laughs> I can honestly say that I've been a Marine for so many years, I don't even know what the minimum wage is. The last minimum wage I remember was $3.35. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. The prime directive. Did I not show up on the board? I am so sorry. Uh, let's go. I, I didn't. I did not see it. I did not see the board there. I got a web page up here, and it's blocking the on-air board. So I'm sorry. Let's go ahead and take the call right now. We've got two minutes. Let's go ahead. I'm sorry. I do apologize. Caller, you're on. I'm okay. so sorry. Okay. Well, we've got just a minute here, so I might say here in Virginia we've got a governor's race going, and it's turning out to be a referendum on Obamacare. We've got Cuccinelli, the Republican, with now with 47.8, and McAuliffe with 45.3% of the votes and 77% of the precincts reporting. And Obama and his people have poured heavy money into this election and done everything they can to overwhelm it and tip the scales to the side of their guy. And so far, all the polls have been wrong, and Cuccinelli is ahead by a couple of percent. So we shall see if the voters are really ready to turn things around. Well, great. I'll, I, how, how do you, how's the race shaping up now? Do you think Cuccinelli's going to win? Uh, I've, I'm facing the wrong way. I'm not even in front of a, a TV or anything. It's going to be very close, but Cuccinelli's mm-hmm. ahead. I saw a report they were even pouring money into the third-party candidate's campaign to take votes away from Cuccinelli because he otherwise would win by pretty much a majority. So now there's just 2% separating them. All right. Well, I do thank you for the call, and I'm sorry that for the long wait, I had the web page um, uh, in, in front of the uh, in front of the board here. So I do apologize for that. Please do uh, tune in and call in tomorrow. We'll talk some more okay, about after I- the election. Yeah, because I know that sometimes with blog talk calls don't show up when they should. It's just no, one of no. these technical problems. Uh, I suspect you've been here for a while, and I just didn't didn't notice it. I do apologize. We'll be back on the air tomorrow. We'll talk some more about after Obama, and we'll talk about the election results. Y'all have a good night. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We are out. Good night, folks. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.